0: Lecture Topic Prescription for Barakat in Sustenance Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salam ala ibadihi al-lazhin Amma ba'du fa'audu billahi minash shaytaanir rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Wa'amur ahlaka bis salati wa astabir alayha la nas'aluka rizqa Nahnu narzuquka wal'aqibatu <laughs> li'l-taqwa. Wa qaala nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, idha kumta ila s-salati fa salli s-salata muwaddi'in ila akhir al-hadith. Au kama qaala nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Most suspected of my kiram, brothers and elders. And on occasion one Sahabi came to Rasulullah sallallahu wa sallam, and he addressed him and said, Izni wa'ogis. He asked for advice. The advice he asked, obviously, we also sometimes, depending who we are sitting with, we'll ask for advice. Sometimes it will be some financial advice. Sometimes it will be some advice regarding some, perhaps we trying to get something done, some house built, so now some construction advice, or somebody, some other advice of some day-to-day dunya issue. What is within the limits of Sharia, what we need some help with, by all means, no harm in that. But far more important than all this is the advice of what's going to take us closer to Allah Ta'ala what's going to be of benefit to us in the akhirat, what's going to become a means of bringing down the help of Allah to us, that advice is far, far beyond all this. And that is what we need more than anything else. It is this advice that removes the ghaflat and the heedlessness from the heart. It is the advice of deen that we need all the time, that takes a person out of the slumber and brings him to start thinking what is his direction, what is his destination, where is he heading to, what is going to be really beneficial for him, what is he doing, is it going to help him or not. Tomorrow, suddenly, if his time is up, if he's gone from dunya, how is he going to fail in akhirat, what's going to make him think in all this direction? This is the advice of deen. And if we feel that we don't need the advice of Deen, then, or anybody for that matter, if any person feels that this is not necessary for me, I don't require it, then this is like a person who is in a ocean, deep in an ocean, and he feels I don't, and he doesn't even have any, he's not even riding on a boat or ship or something, and he feels that I don't even need any assistance here, I don't need any life support, something to float with. I can just carry on bobbing up in the ocean. The sharks in the ocean are plenty and the ocean is extremely deep and the shore is very far and what kind of swimmers we are in this kind of ocean is well known to us. How are we going to manage to get out of this without even any deeni guidance? That is obviously a very far-fetched thing. And if there was ever a need, or rather the other way around, if ever there were a people who perhaps may not have needed the advice, or maybe to say it differently, if ever there was a situation where advice was not needed, then it would have been the Sahaba who didn't need it. But they, despite having repeatedly heard the advice of Rasulullah <laughs> from time to time they would themselves still come and say, Oh Sina Ya Rasulullah O oh, Nabi Allah, give me some advice, give us some advice. Despite the amount of things that they learned from him, despite the amount of things they heard from him, and what was all the time constantly being discussed between them in terms of what they learned from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa they still found the need to still ask for more advice. So this is the water that, what is the land of the heart. And when it is taken incorrectly, one is if the water falls onto rock, then that rock now just merely gets wet for a while, but the water just flows on the left and right and is gone. But then nothing grows on that rock. Then it needs now to break through the rock and now to allow the waters to seep in, maybe the sand under will bring something forward. But if that ground, it takes in that water, then it will bring forth the crops, then it will bring forth the beautiful flowers, it will bring forth the beautiful fruit trees, and it will bring the... Various things that will become a nourishment for the people. So this land of the heart also needs this water of nasiha. This water of deeni advice. Whether the deeni advice is sometimes in the form of listening to some talk of deen. Whether it is in the form of the talim in the home. That if somebody is reading some book where the virtues of amal are in. Where the various rewards of good deeds are being mentioned. Which will spur us on. Which will uh, inspire us. So now we're doing something for ourselves in terms of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala, bringing our lives onto the command of Allah Ta'ala and all the various other aspects of deen. So something in the line of ta'aleem, somebody is reading some authentic literature, literature which has been prepared by somebody who has the correct deen knowledge. So somebody is reading that, that is also part of advice or is listening to the talk of some authentic person, somebody who is truly giving the correct advice of the Quran and Sunnah. So all this is part of taking this advice and from time to time we should be advising one another in the way we can within our limits, within our capacity, what is correct, what we understood correctly. This is needed and desperately needed. It's an ongoing need like the rains. We don't just need it only one time in the year and then the rest of the year we don't require it. There's an ongoing need for it. Likewise we need an ongoing rain of nasiha and advice on our hearts so that it keeps it alive and keeps it uh, well, so that it can keep giving us the crops that will take us closer to Allah Ta'ala. the crops of righteousness of good deeds in any case, this is the aspect the Sahabi came and he asked Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, isn't he give me advice and together with this he said, oh, give me advice but on this occasion please keep it brief some brief advice why is he asking for brief advice It's not that they wanted just advice once in a blue moon. They came repeatedly for advice. But they wanted it sometimes in small doses because their focus was how can I take this and imbibe it in my life? Not something that I will hear and I will forget as soon as I heard it or at the most there will be some comment that mashallah this was a very good advice and then I don't remember what I heard and as far as practice is concerned that never came up. Their whole concern was what advice I get, how can I make it part of my life? So now I'm gonna try and take it in small doses but then immediately try to practice on whatever I've learned. This was the focus. That what I learned, it mustn't be waiting for tomorrow to start practicing on it. I must practice on it start the effort must start immediately. So this was the purpose that the Sahabi came to Rasulullah and he said, Evni wa aujiz." But keep it brief. Allah's Rasul Sallallahu Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with the ma'jizah and the miracle that he could encompass the ocean let alone in a teacup, cup, in a teaspoon. Meaning the words that he sometimes spoke were very few. The advice he gave was very brief. But in that very brief advice was volumes, let alone volumes, oceans of knowledge. This was the mu'ajizah and the miracle of Rasulullah Sallallahu that Allah ta'ala had blessed him with. And on this occasion, this person came and asked for advice and said, please keep it brief. The brief advice that Rasulullah ﷺ gave him, this can be written down in one line. It can be written down in one line, maybe at the most one and a half line, two lines, depending on the size of the writing, obviously. So it can be written down in one line also. And in this one line, there's oceans of knowledge. So, Rasulullah s.a.w. said to him, the first advice he gave to him is: These advices are all relevant to us, not just every now and again, every day of our life. And this is the prescription for all our issues of dunya and akhirah. So, it is outwardly a very, very small piece of advice, but it's small only in its in the extent of words. But in the reality of it, it is beyond our imagination. How great this advice is. The prescription, it encompasses everything that we need. The first thing that Rasulullah said to him, is: salati salata muwaddi. When you stand up to perform your salah, then make sure you perform your salah in such a way like the salah of somebody who muwaddi. One meaning of Muaddiq, somebody who has left everything besides his Salah, left it outside and come. He is not occupying his heart and mind with anything else. His heart and mind is fully focused towards Allah Ta'ala. So now he is performing the Salah, having left his dunya outside, left his other social issues outside, left his domestic issues outside, left everything in his place. After Salah, he will have to go and attend to things. He will have to go back to his business. He will go back to his job. He'll go back to his work, whatever issues he needs to sort out at home. But after salah, all that will carry on. Now, now, he must commit himself to performing his salah in a way that he's left everything else outside. His heart and mind is totally focused towards Allah and And another meaning of what is the salah of a person. The sum total of it is the same. But the explanation of what is the salah of somebody who is now leaving dunya. He has been told, or oh, he has come to know his... Now, something has just become apparent to him. that I'm not going to get a chance of another salah in dunya. This is my last salah. I'm performing juma now. Asar salah is too far away for me. I will not be around. My life is gone. Before Asar, they're going to be talking about what time is my janaza. Before Asar, perhaps my ghusl must have been already done. Before Ashar, they might be even carrying me to the Qabristan already, to the graveyard. So this is the last Salah that I have. I am not going to get another opportunity. As a person who has little bit of consciousness also, that now this is the last opportunity to connect to Allah's Allah, with Salah, with the first Salah. And I am going to be meeting my Allah now. And I need to prepare myself for this meeting with Allah. And my whole life has passed. This is the last time I have now. Whatever I did, I did. What I didn't do, I didn't do. But this is one chance now to try and make some amends. That person, what kind of salah he is going to be performing? In his salah, will he be scoring any goals? In his salah, he'll be still working out what orders need to be sorted out. In his salah, he'll still be worrying about what needs to be sorted out in his house, what needs to be fixed up. He'll be performing such a salah, how he can fix his akhirat how he can sort out his cover, Meaning this opportunity that if he turns to Allah Ta'ala in all sincerity now and really engages himself in, with Allah Ta'ala in such a way that he gains his forgiveness, then his cover is made, his Akhirat is made. So he will have nothing in his heart but Allah. Ta'ala. And how to try and gain the forgiveness of Allah. Ta'ala. So that is the explanation of Salli Salatam Waddi'id. Now that too is actually step two. That's step two. How can that be step two? Because this is talking about khushu. Performing that salah in such a way that the heart is completely devoted to Allah. But that khushu will come in the salah. If the salah itself is not there, where the khushu will come? So the first point is performing that salah with regularity. And as we said, all our issues of dunya and akhirat, is everything encompassed in it. Let alone the advice that is still to come. Just this advice alone has everything in it. That if the Ummah comes onto Salah properly, five times daily Salah, and Salah not just a haphazard Salah, Salli the kind of Salah that Nabi Sassani is advising in this Hadith Sharif. The Salah performed in the correct manner. So one is performing it five times a day, not three times a day, not four times a day, five times a day. Five times a day is compulsory. And let alone five times a day, we need to be making some nafil as well, begging Allah Ta'ala's help. But the five times, there's no compromise on that. So five times a day salah, and when the salah is done correctly, five times a day done properly, performed in the way that will bring the, will, will please Allah Ta'ala, then our dunya and akhirat will get sorted out. Later on the akhirat, which is obvious, even our dunya this is, there's so many, there's no time to go into those details. So many ayat of the Qur'an tarif. Allah ta'ala says, you put your salah right and I will bring down the rains from the heavens. I will bring down the crops from the earth. I will do what you require. But how many percent of the ummah is on five times daily salah? Now we need to bring this alive. We need to bring this alive in our own lives, in our homes, in our families. We need to talk about salah, the importance of salah. We have so many issues, so many problems. Domestic problems, financial issues, social issues, so many issues. Parents have problems with their children, spouses got issues with each other, family issues. But how much have we turned? Allah Ta'ala says, turn to Allah Ta'ala for assistance with patience and with salah. Now if the five daily salah is not in place, how are we going to bring that help down? So this is the very first advice Rasulullah As-Sasih gave. This is the most fundamental aspect in a mu'min's life. This is what's going to make our dunya and akhirat. The issues that we have, Allah Ta'ala says, Everybody is concerned now, prices are going up, inflation, and what's the price of petrol, and what's this going to happen, and how it's going to work. Allah Ta'ala is saying, You command your family members to perform their salah regularly, and you also be very punctual on it. And then Allah says, in the same ayat now, there's the instruction of salah. Tell your family members and join upon them. Command them to also perform their salah. You also be very punctual on it. And now, what should be the next? Something more about salah perhaps? Allah says, La nas'alu The ayat hasn't been completed yet. The same ayat is carrying on. In the same ayat and verse Allah is saying, La nas'alu We don't ask you to provide sustenance. Nahnuna rizuquk. We grant you sustenance. And the link between these two things is that salah, when performed five times a day with regularity in the correct manner, this will become a means of sustenance coming from sources we cannot imagine. Together with taqwa. So, this is the first advice Rasulullah gave. This is what we have to bring alive. Our five daily salah. Five daily salah. And then not just performed anyhow, إِذَا قُمْتَ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ فَصَلِّي صَلَاةَ (laughs) مُوَدِّعِنْ Salah which is performed correctly with the heart and soul in that salah. Then we'll see how that salah will make our issues get resolved, our problems get solved, all the things that we are trying to sort out, this and that and the other, how would the grace of Allah, everything will fall in place. So this was the first advice. Let us take it deep down to heart. Let us make a resolution deep down in our hearts now. Allah is saying, command your family members with salah. We're going to do this, inshallah. In a proper manner, in kind words, we'll start off the talim in our homes. We'll we'll encourage the performance of salah, explain the importance of salah. We'll find out from the ulama what can we read to our families and highlight how great and important this is in our day-to-day lives and bring everybody on salah and we ourselves become very punctual. The second advice Nabi ﷺ gave was that وَلَا تَكَلَّمْ بِكَلَامٍ تَعْتَذِرُ مِنْهُ gadan. As mentioned right at the beginning, the Sahabi came to Nabi ﷺ and he said, اِذْنِي وَعَوْجِزْ Give me some advice, but keep it very brief. Why keep it brief? I want to take it deep down. I want to practice on it. I want to make it part of my life. So the first advice was salah. And as mentioned, see, everything is in this. Salah comes right in a person's life, five times a day he performed correctly. With his heart and soul in it. His dunya will get made, his akhirat will get made. It will bring everything else in place. It's not that there is nothing else to do in Deen. But if this comes right, it will bring everything else in place. If this is deficient, then it's very difficult for anything else to fall in place also. So in any case, this was the first message and lesson. The second advice Nabi Sassam gave to him غَدًا Don't say something, don't speak such words, don't say anything that which you will regret tomorrow. Don't say things you will regret tomorrow. One is the tomorrow of dunya. How often a person said something, now he's saying, but I actually meant this. Now he's trying to do some damage control now. now he's already said it, but now he's saying what actually I meant was this, but everybody already knows what he meant to. Now he's trying to undo the damage. But the damage is already done. Now the person is regretting it. But what's going to be earned out of the regrets? The damage is done. Like when father was trying to teach his son one lesson. So he told him, take this nail and go and knock it on the wooden fence. So he went and knocked it. He doesn't know what's going on now. What's the father's... But there was a time when the father said anything. It made sense or didn't make sense. Provided it wasn't something haram and forbidden. Except that he didn't do it now. Father said to do it. So he went and knocked the f- nail in the fence. Then he gave him the next day another nail. Then he gave five nails. Then he gave him ten more nails. Now when already about forty, fifty nails are knocked on the fence, now this young boy now is just doing as the father said. So the next day he told him after all this was stuck there in the fence, he said, "Go take it all out." So he went, took it all out. So when he took it out, he asked him, "What you can see? Said, what can I see now? I don't know what you're getting at. What's the point?" So he says, "You took the nails out. All those nails were sticking in there." very very unsightly, but now you took it out, so is everything back to how it was? She said, no, there's holes all over the that wooden fence. She said, well, that's the lesson you need to learn now. See, when you speak something, and when it is hurtful, it is negative, it is now saying something that's humiliating somebody, it's saying something that's running somebody down, whether it might be somebody's wife, he's speaking to, he's speaking to his parents, he's speaking to his children, he's speaking to somebody at work, but now each time he's saying something in that manner, he is knocking one nail into that person's heart. Eventually he'll regret, he might apologize, he'll take those nails out, but those holes will remain. The nails will come out. You know, I apologize, I take my words back. He took the words back, he took the nails out, but the hole is still there. So therefore, don't say something, therefore the lesson is to think before saying something. Like some places in the world, they talk about some. People, there's little, uh, there's hardly any security or lawlessness carries on in certain places. Talk about some mountainous areas of Pakistan and so on. Well, many other places in the world. They say people generally now, they walk around with their rifles and so on. If something is not, they see something which they are in doubt about, many things happens. In our country, sometimes happens to so many places. So people shoot first and ask questions later. So now they shoot first, and they ask questions later. Now you already shot the person. Now now you know, ask him what happened. Why you were here. What you were doing. So now it's going to be the point of asking the question after shooting. So that now sounds a bit extreme. But we do this with our mouths. We shoot first. Now we think later. But now should I have said this? Why did I say this? I shouldn't have said it. Or well, It wasn't the right thing to say. But it's too late now. It's already done. So therefore the lesson is, Nabi Salaam is giving this advice. Can we imagine now? This person came and he said, give me some advice and keep it brief. But how deep this advice is. And in these short words, how much benefit is being passed on that if people hold on to this, how many problems they'll get saved from? How many issues will be, have been averted if a person just thought before speaking? But the emotions get too high, the anger just becomes raging And a person doesn't stop to think. He speaks and then thinks. So Rasulullah is giving this advice. Don't say something that you will regret tomorrow. What is the tomorrow of dunya? How often that happens? And in any case, if somebody says, I don't regret what I say. I say it, I just say what I want to say. But there's an akhirat coming. There's a hereafter coming. And if what we said, we thought, I don't care what I say. I say it like it is. If I want to tell somebody something in some flowery words, I'll say it. So we may feel that we don't regret it in dunya. Sometimes the regret comes in dunya also. But there's an akhirat, there's a hereafter, there's a tomorrow of the hereafter. On that day, then there won't be any way that we can get out of that problem if we didn't remedy it here in dunya already. Then everything that a person spoke, that will come forth. That everything that is spoken is recorded. مَا يَلْفِظُ مِنْ قَوْلٍ إِلَّا لَدَيْهِ رَقِيبٌ عَتِيدٌ says, whatever they utter is being recorded. Now all that will come back to catch a person. Then that will be a very deep regret on that day, which there's no chance to now make amends. Then it's too late. That flowery language which never should be on the tongue of a mu'min. A mu'min and vulgarity, swearing. This is out of the question. Rasulullah sallallahu It is mentioned about him that neither was he by nature vulgar nor would he deliberately be ever vulgar. Sometimes some person, he created himself, like he made his nature like that. Because of constantly being in those circles and talking in that manner. Now whether he tries to, he thinks or doesn't think, that's the kind of words come out of his mouth. And sometimes some person is not like that. But if he's in a certain circle now, he's sitting in that kind of group, so he also now wants to be part of the group. So he starts talking unnecess- unnecessarily like that. Rasulullah was far away from all this. He had a clean tongue. And we also want to take Allah's name with the tongue. When we stand in salah, we're going to say Allahu Akbar. We're going to want to take the name of Allah at the time all throughout the day. And Allah knows best when our time suddenly comes. At that time, we want to say La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah before our eyes close in dunya. We want a clean tongue to be able to say this. Not a tongue that is in filth of the vulgarity. So in any case we have to keep the tongue clean. Clean by keeping, reciting istighfar and reciting the name of Allah Ta'ala and keeping it far away from soiling it with vulgarity, obscenity, lying, backbiting. All this soils the tongue more worse than how filth soils somebody's clothes or body. So in any case, this was the second advice Rasulullah gave. Don't say something which you will regret tomorrow. One is the tomorrow of dunya, and there's definitely a tomorrow of akhirat coming. Somebody feels I won't regret it here, Allah forbid we regret it, there is worse. And then the last advice he gave, no time to go into the detail of it, ma fi nas. The simple explanation of this is, be content. Be content, especially in the time that we are in, with the kind of conditions we are facing, we have to come down to contentment and simplicity. Bring simplicity in our lives. Don't try to compete with anybody else. Don't try to keep looking at how to try and get more and more of dunya. Try to keep things stable. If you don't have the money for something, don't try to buy it. Don't ever get into any kind of borrowing for luxuries. Only something of necessity, a person had to borrow for some necessity. But the borrowing for luxuries should never ever cross our mind as well. Allah forbid people borrow for the sake of a holiday. This is a time now to bring ourselves on to contentment, onto simplicity. And there are those who are in desperation. What we saved, and in fact there is so much to be saved. There is so much of wastage. If we save that wastage only, and we share it with those in desperation, many, many people's problems will be taken care of. And that is going to make our dunya and make our akhirat as well. That now we build this compassion for others, save our wastage and spare it for those who are in desperation. And this will bring us that help of Allah Ta'ala. This will bring us that contentment in our own hearts. And the content person is really the wealthy person. The person who has contentment. in ghina, ghina al-nafs. These are the words of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The true wealth is the wealth of the heart. The person who has contentment, he is truly wealthy. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. That we take these advices of Rasulullah to our hearts. And make it part of our lives.